0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
1: Hey everybody, we are here with Ashley Gartland. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here, babe.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat.
1: This is a good episode to listen to first. If you haven't caught... Our episode with Rachel Hofsetter that we did way back in the day—it's episode three. If you haven't listened to that one yet, it's all about how to land big name press like O Magazine and Entrepreneur and all of that good stuff. This is the thing I think the piece that you guys want to listen to first. So even though it's like 96 episodes later, listen to this one and then go back and listen to episode three. And I think they're a really, really handy package deal. So
0: I want to know, tell us a bit about what someone needs to do before they even think about pitching.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for specifying that. Like before you even think about pitching, right. And I loved Rachel's episode was actually what sparked, made me reach out to you guys. And it made me think like, I do something a little bit different with my clients as a coach. And, and it stems from my experience as someone who has written for Oprah magazine and has done those pitches and, you know, has had that experience. And I think the piece that people miss is that they don't get ready to get featured. You know, they go right to the pitch. They go right to researching what they want to write about and who they should pitch and what the platform should be. And they don't spend the time getting their business to get ready. And that's so important for a couple of reasons. One, you've got to get your business ready to be seen by people. Like the people you're pitching are gatekeepers, and you want to get your business looking really polished and professional and be ready on that front. You also want to get it ready on the back end because as soon as you get that feature, everyone's eyes are going to be on you. And you want your business ready to receive. So, like I see a lot of people saying they got a feature and they were kind of disappointed with the results. And it's probably because they didn't take the time to get ready to get featured and actually be able to convert all those eyes that are on them and convert all those new leads. So this really helps you look more professional, impress those gatekeepers at the publications and the podcasts, and then it helps you on the other end actually leverage it, which is what Getting featured is all about in the first place.
1: So, how can someone who has like a physical product based business, what is the level of preparation that someone like that needs to do before they're pitching to big name brands? Because I think a lot of people kind of fear like being too ready. And then you have all of this product, you have all of this supply, and then it just kind of fizzles out from there.
2: Yeah, I think if you have a product based business, you know, like what I'm talking about getting ready, it's really about getting the online face of your business ready so that what those gatekeepers see is accurate and professional and really enticing and engaging makes them want more. So that's where I have people getting ready. I think if you have a product-based business, you also like your sitting, you have to be ready to actually have those products ready to go in case you get a lot of orders from it. So I think there's this two fronts. You know, I really focus more on getting yourself looking professional and polished so that you can lay on those pitches in the first place.
0: So talk to us about the polish. Like, where do we start? What do we look at first? Where do we spend the time? When does it make sense to do it ourselves versus investing in
2: a professional? So I take people through five steps. And the good news is you can... They're all really simple. I'm really about simplifying things for people. That's what my whole business is about. And you go through these five simple steps, and they are all things that you can do yourself. Like, very easily. These are not things that you need to hire out. I guess if you wanted some really professional headshots, you could hire that piece out, but the first step for people is really getting clear on their elevator pitch, and that might seem like a weird place to start. But I find that a lot of times you go to get featured and you go to send the pitch, and you can't accurately describe what you do or mm-hmm. how you help people or how you serve them. And you know that that editor or the podcast host might call you and say, "Like, I just want to talk and see if we're a good fit." And if at that moment you're stumbling through what you are what you do, and you can't describe it for people, You know that's a red flag for that editor or that podcast host. So the first thing I have people do is really get clear on their elevator pitch. And I have them do what I call a value-centered elevator pitch, where they're talking about who they help and how they serve them or what their products do for people, results their products get for people. And then once they have that piece in place, then they're able to talk about their business with confidence. And that's another big piece of getting ready to get featured is that you're actually confident about promoting yourself. So that's step one. Step two is getting your press bio ready. You know, a lot of people have a bio ready in some shape or form, you know, they've got some kind of draft on their word document or something like that. I have them take their elevator pitch and build on that by adding some details to that, to create a press bio that they can then submit along with their pitches so they can they can add some accomplishments in there. I think that's really something that people overlook. They don't highlight their strengths and they don't highlight their successes and they got to get that in that bio so it makes it again engaging and enticing. I also have them add some personal details because no one wants to come across as just like mm-hmm. like a resume. Like your bio should not read like a resume. So you get some personal details. You guys do this so well in your business and really share a lot of about what makes them them. And then that press file should include a call to action this is again about leveraging that opportunity. So having that call to action in the bio up front and knowing what you're going to be asking people to do and how you're going to be connecting with them. You're just, you're all ready to go when the feature lands.
1: So is someone making this as like a hidden page on their website? Is it just sent through an email? Do they make it like a downloadable downloadable PDF or what does it actually look like?
2: So for the press bio, I like them, you know, just do it in a Word doc, and then, you know, when you submit, a lot of times they people ask for that press bio up front, or they ask for your bio to go with the submission. And I've heard so many people say, "I don't have that ready," so mm-hmm. I just I, so I don't submit, so they like they just miss out on that opportunity. So this is nice because you have it ready to go up front, so that you can actually send it in with the submission. The third step is actually what you're talking about that the I have everyone package everything up in a press page and it's a hidden link. So, you know, if you have a Squarespace site, it's just a hidden page that you can send to those gatekeepers when they say, "Yes, we want to run your feature." And you look super professional because you have it all ready to go. You have a actual press page that has your bio on it. It has your headshots, a couple of different options for them, like a vertical, a horizontal, like a lifestyle type shot if you can get those taken or have those. And then it also has any logos or anything like that, that any other collateral that they might need. And you just send them that. And it's just so much easier to do than at that moment, scrambling last minute to find all those things on your desktop and send them in an email. And it just looks, again, it looks so professional. Never scramble for those things.
0: Yeah, you always send that to me. And then I, I mean, I'm not scrambling because they're in Dropbox, but I'm like, dang, we should really set up that page.
2: Yeah, I mentioned-
0: Prove people it doesn't matter how big your business is, there are so many people who are unprepared for press. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, yes, and this, We're is
2: different, different. and this is different than the press page where like it features, it says everywhere you've got featured. Like, that's I want to make sure that that's really clear because people get confused about that. This is like your hidden page, it's for you to send out, yeah. it's to create ease for you. And like you guys said, a Dropbox link works too. Like. The easier version of this, if you are not and you don't want to do a page on your website is to have a Dropbox link, have a Google folder, have a, just a folder on your desktop where everything is too. So then it's really easy for you to attach it all. But best case scenario, you do a page because it just it looks pretty and it It makes the editors really happy.
1: Especially if it's in Squarespace, you can update that so easy that as different accomplishments happen or you get updated headshots, it's super easy just to swap that stuff out. Because I think that was our biggest problem is like felt like we had to update those stats and those numbers so frequently because the growth was happening very quickly. I like decided to dye my hair halfway through business after we got headshots and everything was outdated and get LASIK. Like, so I look like a completely different human being. So that was outdated for a long time. And we, we realized that we were having people want wanting to share like a blog post of ours or an episode. And so they would just pull stuff from our website, which was fine, but it was an old picture and it was a way old bio, like when we were still helping like one-on-one clients. And it looked so bad. and it looked so bad. And so we we're getting this stuff sent out that literally wasn't a representation of our business at all. And I think that's one of the crucial pieces. The reason why you set this stuff up a yourself, like actually do it, um and have it easy to access is when people say Hey, I just shared this blog post over in front of my followers. You can give them that material, even if you're not the one actively seeking that press and it just happens. So the thousands of readers of that particular blog post actually hear about you in the way that you want them to
2: hear about you. Yes. Like you get to control it, right? You like literally get to control how you look by providing the headshots that you want featured the most current ones and you get to decide how you want the bio to read. And then you get to decide the call to action too, because you've got that in your bio already. So yes. absolutely. And I agree. It's so easy to set up. I think mine took me 20 minutes and I am not techie. So like, <laughs> it's very, very easy. It's, and it's such a huge win and it saves you so much time on the back end. Yes, 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 yes.
1: Well, what other pieces do people need to be paying attention to? What, how else, like outside of just having that handy link to grab, how can someone kind of get ready for something like that?
2: So I think the two big pieces to really pay attention to are your social media and your website. So years and years ago, I was an editor at a publication, a digital media publication. And the first thing that I did when someone would pitch me was check them out, check out their website, check out their social media to make sure that they were legit. And I'll break them into These are two separate steps because they're they're a little bit different. So with social media, I'm as the editor at those publications, I was looking for the five Cs. I was looking to see that they were current, like that they the last time they hadn't posted wasn't two months ago that they were consistent, like that there was actual consistency in their posts and that they were like regularly engaging with their audience. I'm looking to see that they're credible so that the, I can actually see that they have a message and a perspective and some va- something of value to share with my audience because they're already sharing it with theirs and then I'm looking to see if it's characteristic of their brand like if, if it's actually a representation of what they do and if it's not just a bunch of pictures of their kids or their dogs or you know whatever it's okay to have some of those things in there but overall I was looking for some professionalism and then for the actual person pitching the piece about that conversion is to make sure that it's actually set up to convert and that's the editor's not looking for that that's a win-win for you. So you want to make sure that in the link of your Instagram bio, you have a call to action or you have some kind of opt-in that they can get in on. And you know, same with Facebook, you have something that they can join or you have something wow. set up ahead of time. So those are the five areas on social media that
1: you really we want are going. Yeah, we got that. <laughs> uh, we even, when we get new students enrolled in a program and we're going to spend some one-on-one time with them, we do that same thing where we're specifically looking at Instagram because it's where a lot of our people are at or where they're really wanting to succeed. And we try to see, okay, without any other context, can we tell their name? Can we tell what they do and who they serve? Like what do they actually sell? And like nine times out of 10, we cannot answer all of those questions. And this is just someone looking to research you to truly help you grow your business, not even to share your content and like get you some press. So really doing that self audit for your Instagram, your Facebook, your website, which I know you're going to go over in a little bit because it is a little bit different. But specifically, I feel like if Instagram is where you're hanging out, you can check all of those boxes really easily. And people are going to be clicking on your images to see when you last posted, what you're talking about and reading your bio of what you
2: do. And you got to make it clear. Yeah. And you can make it so easy. Like the bio can be like the elevator pitch that you got ready in step one, your bio on Instagram can be that. And your call to action that you used in your press bio can just go right into your Instagram. Now, Bill, you know, it's so easy. And the other piece with that is that people are so afraid of deleting stuff, you know, like they've worked really hard to put it up there. But if you're going to be pitching like the big dogs, the big platforms that you really want to get featured on, delete the stuff that's off brand, delete the stuff that doesn't represent who you want to be, and then put up some new stuff, like spend, put up nine new posts yeah. And have those represent what you want it to be because people aren't, the editors don't have the time to scroll through hundreds of posts. They're just going to look like your top couple and see what's yeah. going on. And you look at your website, profile. Five
1: or nine or 12. Even if you don't want to delete, just know that you can't really reach out to people until you get new images that are making a more cohesive feed. Because we switched over Abby's personal Instagram for our business two years ago, and there were like pictures of a toilet. And they were using the old Instagram filters that I don't even think exist anymore. And we just said, eh, we'll just do
0: better tomorrow. And like it would take you so long to scroll that far that you would get the tunnel.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So make sure that the top, you know, like the above the fold is looking really, really good. And and then you're ready to go. Like this does not have to be about re overhauling your social media. Like it's just about getting it a little bit more prepared.
0: Well, here's what I like about everything you've said so far is that it's all stuff you should be doing anyway. Yes, <laughs> like, guys, <God>, imagine that. <laughs> like, you should be consistent on social media. Uh-huh, and you on should brand. have on on brand messaging, you should have a place to send people. Like it just all makes sense. So keep going. What else should people be doing anyways?
2: So the website. So again, like I'm not saying I am not a website designer. I'm not like an expert on that. But what I'm saying is that when you're thinking about these gatekeepers, at these publications is your website needs to very quickly grab their attention. So it needs to clearly define like you said, who you are, what you do. Like they need to be able to answer that question in like seven seconds, the moment they you land on your website. And then from the perspective of the person pitching, I want again, there to be a conversion. Like, is there an opt-in for them? Is there, even if you just have some way for them to contact you, like best case scenario, offering something of value. They're joining your email or something like that, but at least have a way for them to contact you so that you know, or pay you if you have a product buy your products, if you have something like that. So that you know that when you do get a yes on that feature, and suddenly you're getting massive traffic to your website, that it's actually going to do some good and people are just going to like click on there and then disappear.
0: Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales.
1: I love it. What other areas of the of your website do you think that these gatekeepers look at? Is it just your homepage? Do they check out your about page? Do they check out any other things that you kind of have to suit up? Because I think that sometimes people are afraid of, okay, am I talking about to my client or customer all the time? But if I'm seeking press, I know that these these editors or these other people are going to be coming to my website. How do I make it clear for them what I do? Like, do Is there a balance or do you just focus on one or the other? I think, I think both
2: like, yeah, exactly. You want to be speaking to both. You want to speaking to your clients, but as soon as you start or your target audience, but as soon as you start pitching, you actually have to be thinking about thinking like those gatekeepers and the editors and the podcast hosts and thinking about what they need to see and what they need to quote unquote hear on your website to want to feature you. So I think on the homepage, something really, like I said, obvious, engaging, grabs their attention, gets them in, tells them who you are and what you do or what you sell is key. And then I think you want to have really clear navigation. And then if you and have an about page that's really engaging because those are like the two most visited pages, right? So have that about page tell a story and and draw them in and you know, usually your about page is connecting with your target audience, but in this case if you're about page, can some make sure that it's connecting with their target audience, you can see that connection they can make. And that's really great. And then the other piece is, if you have a blog, it's the same approach that you use to your social feed, like make sure it doesn't all have to be perfect, but make sure it's on brand, it's consistent, it's relevant, you know, all of those things that you, the last time you haven't posted was two months ago. If so, just take your blog down. Like if that's the case, just take your blog down before you start pitching because it's yeah. not doing you any good. So those are kind of the big areas. I also make sure like that the social icons that you have on there are re- linking to the re- relevant things. Like everything just needs to be up to date. I think that's the other big piece. Because if that editor or podcast host clicks on something on your website, you want it to link to something that's representative of who you are now, not right? who you were six also, months ago.
0: Yeah, so you should be doing anyways. Yeah, no, I think. <laughs> with that, I think it's really great to have someone that knows what you do, but also someone who doesn't look at it all the time, go through your site. Yeah. So I think a spouse or a good friend is a great option. Have them click through your site and point out either things that are broken or things that are confusing. Because if it's confusing to them, it's definitely confusing to brand new people. Mm -hmm. And then make sure they click like, all the buttons. Yeah, all the buttons, all the links because those are the things that tend to break or you didn't link up in the first place. Mm-hmm. And you just didn't notice cuz it looks normal. Like it looks right, but if you haven't been clicking around, yeah. you just haven't noticed. So, and most people if they click it and it doesn't work, they just abandon ship yep. whereas a friend hopefully would tell you that it's not working. <laughs> good
2: friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I well, agree. You want to have all those things working and you want to, you just want to make it really easy. And then on the flip side, you have, you also want to think about your website from the perspective of if, or and social media too, honestly, if the after you got featured, if someone said, God, I love them on that podcast, or I, I love that thing I read for them. And I want, I'm actually going to click through what do they need to see in here on those places and can have you set it up for them to connect with you? Or if you have a product to buy from you, have you made it really easy for them to know how to give you money and buy your products?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about leveraging that, leveraging that opportunity. I think so many people I've heard about, they get press. Like I literally can think of this one girl. Uh She got on good morning America. She got like a blitz in traffic, blitz in sales. And then it just fell flat. It was just over in a couple of days. And so how can you keep that momentum going and continue to leverage the press that you do
2: get? Yeah. So I think a couple of things, one, the moment you get featured, you, you're going to get all those eyes on you, but you should actually be doing a blitz of your own. You should be sharing that you are on that platform across all of your platforms. So like that girl, good morning, America, it should have showed up on her Instagram feed. She should have written a newsletter about it. Like check out the segment, send out the link, the video, you know, if she had a Facebook page, shared it there. So she could further leverage that. And then as soon as you start accumulating press on your homepage, you want to have an as featured in section so that people can see because a big piece of getting featured is building your credibility. So you want that to work for you forever. So if I go to that gal's website And I know she's service or product or what her deal was. But if I go to her website, and see this person was featured on good morning America. Then I think, and I'm a buyer. I think, well, this has been vetted and I'm actually going to want to buy from her more because it's been vetted. So a big piece of leveraging it is actually using it in your materials going forward.
1: Do you suggest that when you get that initial press, like maybe there's a blitz, like can you further leverage that by in that same kind of blitz zone reaching out to other people, like immediately because it's all happening and it's all exciting right then? Or do you suggest kind of like waiting that one to run its course and then you know trying to get further press on top of that?
2: I think like anything, it depends on your goals and your business, right? Like if you if that first blitz happens and and you're feeling pretty good about the momentum that you have, then you're good to go. But if that first blitz happens and you're like, I'd really like more of this, then it's mm-hmm. about pitching, maybe taking that same pitch and tweaking the angle a little bit and finding a little bit different audience for it. Or if you, you did a TV show on it and finding a way to do the same thing on a podcast or Finding a way to do a blog post about it. Like the same content can reappear multiple places and, and then leveraging the opportunity, like saying I was featured in these places, because that makes you more intriguing to the gatekeepers too. It's like, well, good morning America featured them. We probably should too. So using those to build on and get more opportunities.
0: So the, the as seen on or featured on whatever section I've gone back and forth 10 million times with Mm -hmm. this. And I want to know your take. So do you just pick three to five or do you have, like, a whole page? Do you have them linked to anything or do they just – are they stagnant? Is there a right answer? There's probably not a right answer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is your take on it? And When you just get, like, so much press like we do. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just – I have been – struggling with the fact of like how do you really choose yeah. which things to showcase especially when some of the things are like small smaller versus much more well-known and like obviously well-known makes sense but i'm just this is my internal struggle so yeah. i'm just my mm-hmm. internal struggle
2: out so i think as you get featured first of all internally you should have a list somewhere of all the no. places that you've got featured logos from them, like just keep that organized, but so that you can have something basically to swap in and out. So what, mm-hmm. like the bio we talked about in your bio, you're probably going to say somewhere along the lines of, as I've been featured in X, Y, and Z you should tailor that to the audience. Like where does your, where does that audience that you're going to be speaking to care about you getting featured? Like what's relevant to them and actually plug those publications or those places you've got featured in and just swap them out to make it relevant. And then on your homepage, I think it's the same thing. Like what's the most relevant to your audience? What is your audience going to say? Like if you're a service provider, what is your audience going to say? I really wish I could get featured in those places too. And it's going to boost your credibility So pick the best, you know, three, five, whatever you can run along the bottom of your website and share those there. And you can either just share the logos or you can actually link to the features if you think that's going to be helpful and boost your credibility even more. I still don't them.
0: We always leave with homework after interviews. I know I feel like. oh, it's true. It's so true. I'm like Nicolette and Katie. Now go <laughs> do these <Duke>. things.
1: <laughs> well, and I think what's interesting, uh, something that's kind of like shifted my mindset about all of this, just in this conversation. I really just don't laugh at me, guys. I really never thought like if we're on someone else's podcast, that's press mm-hmm. and we're going to get a blitz of traffic from that. So how can we take advantage of that and leverage that? And like, okay, we're, we have a set date to be on someone's podcast coming up. Who are those people? Does it make sense to swap out logos? What changes do we need to make for that audience knowing that there's going to be like a small flood coming in? Like I've literally just been like, oh, we're going to be on this podcast. That's cool.
2: And that's great. Like you're going to get, you're going to get, uh, it's an opportunity and you're going to get a boost from that. But when people right. say like, I didn't quite get the results I hoped for from being on that podcast mm-hmm. or doing that blog post, it's like, well, were yes, you set up, fine. were you set up to be ready to receive it? Right. Exactly. Right.
0: Like what was the blog post that came out most recently Right, when that thing happened and what right, social media? Well, was and what's your about? goal from that press? Yes. Like, what do you want
1: those people coming in to do? Because I think different audiences are different things. Like. I think our number one goal for going on to this podcast is having them listen to our podcast because if they're already listening to podcasts, they clearly know how to do it and they know they like to do that. So I want them to go hang out with us over there because then we can lead them into all of these other places. It wouldn't make sense to say, go read our blog now because that's obviously not that type of traffic. So I just have like a running list of homework now that I want to change on our site to take
0: advantage of these people coming in. You just did your... Well,
2: actually, that's all. Yeah, Well, and it's about being organized, like just being thoughtful about it. And I'll say the other thing is once you're featured on something, you're featured on someone's podcast or you're featured in a magazine or something, and you can show that editor, I think Rachel might've talked to this on her episode too. If you can show that editor how hard you work to promote their content, you become Mm -hmm. someone valuable to them and they'll probably want to bring you back. They'll probably want to bring you back as a guest. They'll probably reach out for a podcast, a blog post down the road and that, gives you more opportunities too. So if you can just show them, Hey, I share this with my audience too. And they loved it. Yeah. That's another win.
1: Can you, so a kind of two-part question a, like when you're sharing that, is there a good amount of time frame? Like, should you wait like 30 days and like literally email them here? are The stats from when I shared this thing, like with my own audience. And then can you ask, like, if you're on freaking like Oprah magazine, can you ask someone there? Like, what were some stats that you can give me about how well this was received or like, how did it go?
2: Can you ask for information like that from your people? I think, I think that they don't track it as much as you think they would, you know, yeah. like they don't know, like in a magazine, they don't really know right. as, far, as far as I know, like as someone who was the freelancer, not the editor at the magazine. But as far as I know, they don't really know which articles were the most popular necessarily if they weren't online but i think what? you can reach out you know be really nice but i think you can reach out and say like i shared this with my audience i hope it resonated with yours i have some other ideas for you and i'd love oh. to do this again if you, if it was a boost for you if like it was a good thing for you to be featured in that publication or on that platform then you can say like look how much my audience loved this i think yours did too here's here's what our next step would be like i'd love to do something do the next thing with you i
1: love that I think taking an initiative and like continuing those relationships that you've already established instead of like worrying about seeking, like getting a whole bunch of new ones. Cause it's
0: not the easiest thing in the world.
2: Yeah. Oh, to break that ground. Right.
0: Cater yeah. to the people that it worked out really well. So my, my question for you is how do you balance this with like everything else? you Yeah. <laughs> So and I'm sure I'm like most other entrepreneurs and that, you know, we're trying to make some money and we're trying to feed our families and we're trying to sell some product and like press sounds awesome, but it doesn't feel like a guarantee. Right. And so like, how can I, cause I would love some, honestly, like it's been on my dream to do list for mm-hmm. a while, but I haven't invested any time into it. Because I just didn't, I wasn't sure where the ROI would be. And so how can I make it a part of my goals, but also like, like may, just fit it in? Yeah. Like, how do you fit it in so that it flows with every, with everything else you're already doing?
2: So I, I think upfront it's a mindset shift, right? Like i actually deciding that this is a goal that you want to tackle and, and thinking that this is important. Like you said, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee that you're going to get a feature and it's going to be a slam dunk, but there's a, it's an opportunity just like anything we do in our businesses. So it's a mindset shift to think like, I want to make some time for this. And then setting aside just a couple hours a week, like these five steps to get you ready to get featured should take you five days. If you did them like an hour a day. And right. the nice thing about them is that like you guys said, there are things you should be doing anyway, and they'll benefit other areas of your business, like getting your elevator pitch ready. Like that means anytime that you're going to a networking event, you're feeling solid. Anytime you're talking to a potential client about your business, you can talk about it. So I think you do these things that also give you opportunities to build your business in other ways. So that it's actually, there's a more, there's more purposes to it than just getting featured. And that's the other thing. Like I think anytime you look about getting featured, it's if I didn't, if I didn't get this blog post that I'm pitching, could I use it for my own business internally so that you can actually leverage that time that you spent? Or if you create a product that you wanted to feature on a podcast and you don't get that opportunity to feature it, could you offer it to your audience instead? You're know, like thinking from it that way, like having a backup plan, I guess it's the way I, I would look at it and going for it and then having some other ideas of things you could do with that pitch or that content. So you don't, like you said, you don't waste your time because we don't want to waste your time at all. Yeah.
1: I think it's just like with anything else when, you know, I think some people kind of have these same thoughts that we do about being active on Instagram or like being active on a Facebook group or emailing their audience. Like they can't see the return because they just haven't tried it yet and they haven't spent the energy on it yet. And it's just like with anything else, if you don't set aside time in your schedule and like put it on the calendar to make it happen, it's not going to happen. With everything in your business, there's... I think a lot of it is a gamble and you can't guarantee any of the return, but for sure you can guarantee that it's not going to work if you don't actually set aside time to do it.
2: Yeah. And it's about giving yourself permission to just be curious and explore about it. Right. And just like, if you've never gotten featured, why not give it a shot? I can tell you in my coaching business, the first couple of features I landed didn't do much for my business. And it wasn't necessarily because I wasn't ready to set up for it. It might've been like the wrong audience or not quite the right fit, but I tried a couple more times because I thought, you know, I got a trickle from that. Maybe I should try something that might bring some more volume into my business. And that's paid off to take that gamble. Awesome.
0: So what results have you seen other people have? Like, I'm sure since you're coaching other people through this process, like some of your clients have seen benefits. Mm -hmm. So like, Tease some people with some of the things things that have happened for other people because of press they've gone after.
2: I think a lot of it is they're getting new eyes on their business. And that's really exciting for them. Like they have built their own community or I, you know, I work with creatives and like service-based entrepreneurs. So they've built their own community and there's, there's not necessarily fatigue there, but that audience is familiar with them and they've sold to them for a while. And it's this opportunity to bring new people in and and actually get in front of a new audience who's usually a similar audience to theirs, but would actually want to jump on board with their audience. So it's about like being on a podcast and growing your list by quite a few people. It's about the credibility. I think that's been the biggest you need to bring new people in and, and actually get in front of a new audience who's usually a similar audience to theirs, but would actually want to jump on board with their audience. So it's about like being on a podcast and growing your list by quite a few people. It's about the credibility. I think that's been the biggest thing for people that I've helped get featured is that suddenly they believe that they have something to offer because the Huffington Post picked up their blog post right. or because they got on this podcast and a couple people told them, like literally a couple people told them they liked them on the podcast. That's right. enough to boost their confidence to say like, Hey, I've got something really special. And it explodes from there, right? Like it, wow. it grows, they boost their confidence. They know they have something valuable to offer now. They've vetted it and they're able to move forward with a lot of confidence and have that credibility in their business too. Yeah. I love that.
1: Well, let's go ahead and head into talk strategy to me. And I love to hear three to five action steps that someone could take like today in looking at their website or their social or their business to get it ready and get it primed so they can get ready to start pitching and then they can go listen to episode three and actually have tactics on how
2: to do that. Yeah. I feel like we've been talking so much strategy. I'm trying to think about what would be some some other things. I think strategy number one is to think like the person you're, you're pitching and really think about who their audience is, what they're about, what kind of content they like to cover and get your business set up to target that person and to speak to that person. I mean, like yeah. really start thinking like the gatekeepers. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't put themselves in their shoes. So I think that's a really good place to start. Love it. And then as far as, you know, there's these other kind of five tactical steps. I think, you know, I did a challenge walking people through these steps recently and overwhelmingly the response was that getting their elevator pitch dialed in was the thing that made people feel ready to get featured and ready to pitch. Like they felt confidence from that. So if you can take the time to figure out who you help, how you help them, the results you get them, and you can package it into your elevator pitch, it's going to be a great tool for you. As you're getting featured, it's also going to be just a great tool for you to have in your back pocket for so many yeah.
1: other things. It helps ease the awkward conversations of like that random lady at Target asking what you do, and you're just like, uh, "I have an Etsy shop," <laughs> or like, "I I take photos." Like having an actual sentence about what you do and what your business does, it's super super helpful. Yeah, and
2: then actually practicing it so that when yeah. the random person like it sounds so strange, like practicing it, say it to your two year old, say it to yourself in the mirror, yeah. like say it to your partner, whatever. It sounds crazy, but the more you say it, the more you can flesh it out and actually see what sounds natural. And then you can tweak it a little bit and be able to say it in casual conversation. So you actually could engage random strangers and actually get business like with the person sitting next to you on the airplane because you're able to talk about your business. You. Yeah, Those are two big things. Um, I think I was going to pick one more thing. I think the press page was a really big win for people. Mm-hmm. Like getting yeah. that, all that stuff in place. And like I said, it does not mean you have to go out and do anything fancy. I think if you have the funds to do a great headshot do it like an actual photo shoot, then do it. It's a great opportunity yeah. to do it. And but that's a sister booster as yes. well. Yeah, to look really professional. Mm-hmm. But I think having that link to send to people just it makes people feel so legit and like a total boss. And that's really important. Like that the confidence piece isn't a step. It's like something that all these things give you. And when you're pitching, yeah. you want to have that.
1: Well I heard you have a mini course that might be a helpful step for people looking for this also. So
2: go ahead and tell us about that. Yeah. So I firmly believe that anyone, like the five steps that we walked through today, I firmly believe that anybody can actually do that themselves. But I also know that a lot of people like to kind of shortcut and get some support. So I have a course, it's a five part course. There's five lessons. It's called the all eyes on you course. And we walk through the elevator pitch, the press bio, the press page, refining your social media and getting your website ready in over the course of five days. And there's training videos and checklists and worksheets and a workbook that goes along with it. And it's been really valuable for people to have that support walking through it and also have that accountability built in. So they do it day by day. And then at the end of five days, they are ready to get featured. They're ready to take that next step. So, it, so it's, I have a bitly link. It's just bitly all eyes on you. And I did the strategy hour because I want to give you guys a, your listeners a special discount. So it's usually $79. I want to give it to you guys for 39 and let them take the course awesome. the same value and really enjoy it.
1: Thank you so much. We will have that direct link in the show notes as well. So if you guys missed it or if you're driving, you can just head to that and go to episode 99 and you'll find the link inside there and use that discount code as well. So
2: where else can people hang out with you online? So, like you guys, I love Instagram. I'm just Ashley Gartland on Instagram. I, my website is ashleymgartland.com. And those are kind of the two big places. I also run a Facebook group called The Simplified Entrepreneur cuz th- this is my thing. Like I really help women learn to grow their business by simplifying and so we talk a lot about that in the nice group. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's my thing. I really don't believe it needs to be that hard. And I believe that growth stems from simplicity. So we talk a lot about that in the group, whether we're talking about visibility and pitching, or we're talking about content, or we're talking about goal setting and time management. It all happens in there.
0: Well, thank you so much. I think it was yeah, super helpful. Yeah. Now I feel like I have a million things to do, but yeah. they're not hard, which right. is great. I just need to make time to do them. Yep. And check them off. Yeah, thank I you so much. So Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op